Welcome to the Gospel Saves Podcast, a program that discusses all matters related to the Christian faith. Please visit thegospelsaves.me. You can also visit The Gospel Saves on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Welcome back. In this episode, I plan to answer the question, do all religions teach the same thing? We live in an age of religious pluralism. Pluralists believe that all religions are essentially teaching the same things and directing their practitioners toward the same goal. Here in America, you might remember the coexist bumper sticker that was very popular about a decade ago. The word coexist is spelled out with various symbols from world religions. This is a pluralist message. What that bumper sticker is communicating is all religions are pretty much teaching the same thing. We're encouraging our followers toward the same goal, so we should just get along with one another, be at peace with each other. That's religious pluralism. Now, pluralism is a very recent development in Western civilization. Here in America, we can trace religious pluralism back to the works of Houston Smith. In 1958, Houston Smith published a book entitled The World's Religions. Smith was a philosopher of religion, and he penned an illustration that will sound very familiar to you. He said, It is possible to climb life's mountain from any side, but when the top is reached, the trails converge. The base, in the foothills of theology, ritual, and organizational structure, the religions are distinct. Differences in culture, history, geography, and collective temperament all make for diverse starting points. But beyond these differences, the same goal beckons. Again, this is the very heart of pluralism. What Houston Smith is suggesting is that Muslims, Hindus, Christians, Jews, Buddhists, and the list goes on, that we're all climbing the same mountain from different starting points, traversing different paths, but we all want to reach the same peak. I can understand to a degree why religious pluralism is attractive, because all world religions are trying to answer one very basic question. What is wrong with the world? What is wrong with the world? As far back as our written record goes, Humanity has looked for answers to just a few basic questions. Where did we come from? What is our purpose? How should we live? What is our destiny? And as we've searched for answers to those questions, one of the things we've all noticed, regardless of where we live, we've all noticed that there is something wrong with the world. And all religions attempt to identify what is wrong with the world and arm their practitioners with the the tools they need to navigate the world properly and to, in the end, reach a a fulfilling destination. So in a sense, I, I understand what the pluralists are arguing. I understand why they are making this argument. But pluralism asks me to ignore the glaring differences and outright contradictions between and within religions. It's a fact that Various religions contradict one another. They give very different answers to the question, what's wrong with the world, 
and they have very different endpoints. For example, Islam says that pride is what is wrong with the world, and the solution is submission. Now, the Muslim answer to what is wrong with the world, pride, is a sin that's identified by the Bible. And in fact, John in 1 John chapter 2, verse number 17 says that, that pride is one of the main problems with the world. So in a sense, Christianity does agree that pride is a problem, but that's not the root of the problem according to Christianity. And it's not just Christianity that differs from Islam. Even Buddhists disagree with Islam's diagnosis of what is wrong with the world. Buddhists believe that suffering is what's wrong with the world. Suffering, not pride. And their goal is nirvana, which they achieve via the Noble Eightfold Path. Now, the goal of Buddhism is radically different than Christianity. I remember talking with a Buddhist one time. I, I asked him if he thought most people would go to heaven, and he waved his arms at me dismissively and walked away. Buddhists are also different from other religions insofar as they don't believe in gods or goddesses. So they reject the whole notion of there being a, a single god or many gods and goddesses. Buddhism is also different from Confucianism. Confucianism is a religion which comes from the same part of the world. Confucianism teaches that the problem with the world is not suffering, the problem with the world is not pride, the problem with the world is chaos, and the solution is social order. There is no end goal of eternal life in Confucianism. It's only focused on the material, on the present realm. Now, these are just three examples of world religions who differ from one another radically. They differ in their diagnosis of what's wrong with the world, and they differ in their prescription for how the world's problems can be solved. So pluralism asks me to ignore all of those differences, even when they contradict one another. And pluralism also asks me to ignore the differences within the religions themselves. As we look at world religions, we can see there is a significant amount of division within all religions. Islam, for example, is subdivided into two camps, Sunni and Shia. Saudi Arabia, for example, is Sunni, while Iran is Shia. These two nations are antagonistic toward one another for that reason. They're constantly vying for one another for superiority. And within the Sunni and Shia camps, we can find further subdivisions. Buddhism is divided into three main branches, and those three main branches vary in how or who can achieve nirvana. Christianity, divided into Eastern and Western churches in the Middle Ages. Protestants broke away from the Western church during the time of the Reformation, and Protestantism further splintered from there. Within Christianity, there are a number of contradictory ideas about justification, about the nature of Jesus, about the doctrine of the Trinity, how one should worship God, and the list goes on and on. Pluralism tells me that these differences don't matter, even when the differences contradict one another. So to reduce the world's religions to they pretty much all teach the same thing is a misinterpretation, and in my opinion, it's a gross misinterpretation. Religions differ in what they see as what is wrong with the world, how the world can be fixed, and they differ internally in significant and sometimes contradictory ways.
Now, the last thing I'd like to say is I see several factors that distinguish Christianity from other religions. I think there are factors that set Christianity apart. One of the first things that I notice about Christianity that makes it different from other world religions is that Christianity claims the ministries of Jesus and his apostles are rooted in historical narratives. I've heard people equate the Bible with ancient fables and mythologies, and I can see why that would be tempting. The miracles described in the Bible seem fantastical to our modern sensibilities. Axe heads floating on water, water turned to wine, tempestuous seas that are calmed with a single word in an instant, a seabed divided and its bed dried so that people could pass through to get to the other side and, and get refuge from their enemies. All of these are incredible miracles, and they all seem a little too incredible to believe. But that characterization overlooks the wide-ranging historical context in which these miraculous events are recorded to have occurred. The Bible roots its narratives in locations which can be excavated. The existence of a portion of its main actors can be independently verified. Local customs and traditions are accurately recorded, and the list goes on and on. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and Acts all present themselves as historical accounts, which began to be written down within a generation of the original events. The documents, the archaeology, the historical record, the internal consistency of the narrative, and a host of other facets have been closely scrutinized for at least 200 years. No other religious book has been examined to a similar extent. In this respect, I believe the Christian faith stands apart from all other faith systems in the world. It's rooted in a historical record, and it claims that Jesus and his apostles were a part of the proceedings of history. Another factor that I think sets Christianity apart is that Jesus is reported to, to have fulfilled dozens upon dozens of Old Testament prophecies concerning the Christ. As best as we can tell, the final book of the Old Testament, which was accepted as scripture by the first century Jews living in Judea, was the book of Malachi. That was the last book written in our Old Testament. It was written 400 years before Jesus was born. Now, we can verify the antiquity and authenticity of the Old Testament in two ways. We have the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Old Testament, and it began to be translated somewhere around 250 B.C., we also have the Dead Sea Scrolls, copies of the Old Testament which date from the 2nd century B.C. So we can be supremely confident, supremely confident, that the Old Testament predated Christ by at least 150 years. Now, Jesus claimed that he fulfilled prophecy. The writer of the Gospel accounts claimed that he fulfilled Old Testament prophecies. Peter, Paul, Stephen, and Apollos all claimed Jesus fulfilled prophecy in the book of Acts while other religions also lean on prophecy for verification. The Christian faith stands apart from all others in the extent to which it claims its origins were rooted in ancient predictions written down centuries prior to the occurrence of the events. So Christianity, I believe, sets itself apart 
by being rooted in historical events, by the prophecies which it claims Jesus fulfills, and I also believe Christianity sets itself apart by the solution it offers to the world's problem. The solution it offers to the world's problem is the death and resurrection of the Son of God. A few episodes ago, I answered the question, is Jesus the only way to God? In that episode, I pointed out that Christianity says sin is the problem with the world. And in John chapter 3, verses 16, 17, and 19, Jesus talks about how he was sent into the world to save the world through his crucifixion. And the reason why he came into the world is because men love darkness rather than light. Their deeds were evil. So the Bible's pretty clear that sin is the problem and Jesus is the solution. And there's three critical components to the Bible's solution to sin's problem. The first is that Jesus is the Son of God. God gave his only begotten Son. Jesus' dual nature as both man and divine differentiates him from all other religious founders. Jesus, the Son of God, died by crucifixion for the sins of the world. That's the second main component. And Paul talks about this in Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 8, that Christ died for our sins. He died for us when we were without strength, and this demonstrates God's love toward us. And finally, Jesus was raised from the dead. This is what Paul highlights in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 and 4, that Christ died for our sins was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. According to Christianity, sin is the problem with the world, and the solution Christianity presents to that problem is the death and resurrection of Jesus. This along with the, the historical record and the fulfillment of prophecy are three factors that I think set Christianity apart from all other religions. Thanks for listening to the Gospel Saves podcast. If you found this program useful, please visit thegospelsaves.me to find blogs, videos, and Bible studies. If you enjoyed the music on this podcast, please visit acapeldridge.com. You can also find Acapeldridge on Apple Music, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook. May God bless you as you seek to know His perfect will.